Support for today's show is brought to you by Outdoor Eyes, nature seen through the eyes of photographer Mel Tulin. Photographs of sunrises, sunsets, wildlife, mountains, beaches, birds, butterflies, and wildflowers are turned into exquisite Outdoor Eyes photo note cards. Each handmade photo nature note card is suitable for framing. With matching photo jewelry, it's a wonderful gift for nature lovers. Outdoor Eyes Cards, more than just a card. Visit her website at OutdoorEyesCards.com. It's Walden Wednesday here at Mountain Zen Den, the place to connect with nature for mindfulness and personal growth in your life. Naturally. Thanks for dropping by. I think you're going to really enjoy today's show, so don't just stand there. Come on in. Well, it's another beautiful blue sky glorious day here at the foot of the Rockies in northern Colorado. Hey, this is Brett, and I'm here to help you connect not only with nature, but with someone really special today. You. The greatest gift you can give yourself is to learn and appreciate the art of slowing down enough to hear your heartbeat and feel your soul vibrate. Being in and around nature is the most natural way to do it. There's so many studies that have been released lately that confirm just how good nature is for you. Did you know that research has shown that just 15 minutes in nature can make you happier? After just sitting outside in a park forest for 15 minutes, people began to feel psychologically restored. That's right. If you don't believe me, you can check with Lisa Turvainen of the Finnish Forest Research Institute. And there have been lots more studies just like it in Korea, Japan, here in America, and all over the world. So what are you doing to give yourself that extra boost of vitamin N? Do you get outside at least once a day for a walk or a bike ride or take the kids to the park or sit on the porch for at least 10 minutes to soak up some sunlight and fresh air? Do you have regular outings planned for the weekend where you can connect with wildlife through bird watching, photography, nature journaling, or, or just simply meditating in the great outdoors? For our health's sake, it should eventually become something you do automatically because it's habit, just like brushing your teeth or eating a good meal. It sounds weird to say, but in this century and culture of modern technology, being exposed to nature doesn't always come naturally. That's because it's a choice that we have to make. So many of us either don't think of it that way, or we put it off until a planned camping trip in the summer or the fall. That's just wrong in so many ways. You know, our decisions define our life, so it's really important that we make good ones every day. So what is your nature routine? How are you getting your vitamin N today? It's just something to think about as we spend a little time with Henry, uh, Thoreau that is, we're on a first name basis with him now, revisiting Walden's winter animals. We're going to pick up where we left off last time, so just close your eyes, unless you're driving or operating heavy machinery, and relax and get comfortable as you put yourself there in the middle of winter at Walden Pond. When the ground was not yet quite covered, and again near the end of winter when the snow was melted on my south hillside and about my woodpile, the partridges came out of the woods morning and evening to be fed there. Whichever side you walk in the woods, the partridge bursts away on whirring wings, jarring the snow from the dry leaves and twigs on high, which comes sifting down in the sunbeams like golden dust, for this brave bird is not to be scared by winter. 
It is frequently covered up by drifts, and it is said sometimes plunges from on wing into the soft snow, where it remains concealed for a day or two. I used to start them in the open land also, where they had come out of the woods at sunset to bud the wild apple trees. They will come regularly every evening to particular trees, where the cunning sportsman lies in wait for them, and the distant orchards next the woods suffer thus not a little. I'm glad that the partridge gets fed at any rate, it is nature's own bird which lives on buds and diet drink. In dark winter mornings, or in short winter afternoons, I sometimes heard a pack of hounds threading all the woods with hounding cry and yelp, unable to resist the instinct of the chase and the note of the hunting horn at intervals, proving that man was in the rear. The woods ring again, and yet no fox bursts forth onto the open level of the pond, nor following pack pursuing their acteon. And perhaps at evening I see the hunters returning with a single brush trailing from their sleigh for a trophy, seeking their inn. They tell me that if the fox would remain in the bosom of the frozen earth he would be safe, or if B would run in a straight line away no foxhound could overtake him. But, having left his pursuers far behind, he stops to rest and listen till they come up, and when he runs he circles round to his old haunts where the hunters await him. Sometimes, however, he will run upon a wall many rods and then leap off far to one side, and he appears to know that water will not retain his scent. A hunter told me that he once saw a fox pursued by hounds burst out onto Walden when the ice was covered with shallow puddles, run partway across, and then return to the same shore. Ere long, the hounds arrived, but here they lost the scent. Sometimes a pack hunting by themselves would pass by my door and circle round my house and yelp and hound without regarding me, as if afflicted by a species of madness so that nothing could divert them from the pursuit. Thus they circle until they fall upon the recent trail of a fox, for a wise hound will forsake everything else for this. One day a man came to my hut from Lexington to inquire after his hound that had made a large track and had been hunting for a week by himself. But I fear that he was not the wiser for all I told him, for every time I attempted to answer his question he interrupted me by asking, What do you do here? He had lost a dog, but found a man. One old hunter who has a dry tongue, who used to come to bathe in Walden once every year when the water was warmest, and at such times looked in upon me, told me that many years ago he took his gun one afternoon and went out for a cruise in Walden Wood. And as he walked the Wayland Road, he heard the cry of hounds approaching, and ere long a fox leaped the wall into the road, and as quick as thought leaped the other wall out of the road, and his swift bullet had not touched him. Some way behind came an old hound and her three pups in full pursuit, hunting on their own account, and disappeared again into the woods. Late in the afternoon, as he was resting in the thick woods south of Walden, he heard the voice of the hounds far over toward Fairhaven still pursuing the fox, and on they came, their hounding cry which made all the woods ring sounding nearer and nearer, now from Well Meadow, now from the Baker Farm. For a long time he stood still and listened to their music, so sweet to a hunter's ear, when suddenly the fox appeared, threading the solemn aisles with an easy coursing pace, whose sound was concealed by a sympathetic rustle of the leaves, swift and still, keeping the round, leaving his pursuers far behind. And, leaping upon a rock amid the woods, he sat erect and listening with his back to the hunter. For a moment, compassion restrained the latter's arm, but that was a short-lived mood, and as quick as thought can follow, thought his piece was leveled, and, wang, the fox rolling over the rock, lay dead on the ground.
The hunter still kept his place and listened to the hounds. Still on they came, and now the near woods resounded through all their aisles with their demoniac cry. At length the old hound burst into view with muzzle to the ground and snapping the air as if possessed and ran directly to the rock. But, spying the dead fox, she suddenly ceased her hounding as if struck dumb with an amazement and walked round and round him in silence. And one by one her pups arrived and, like their mother, were sobered into silence by the mystery. Then the hunter came forward and stood in their midst and the mystery was solved. They waited in silence while he skinned the fox then followed the brush a while, and at length turned off into the woods again. That evening, a Weston squire came to the conquered hunter's cottage to inquire for his hounds, and told how for a week they had been hunting on their own account from Weston Woods. The conquered hunter told him what he knew and offered him their skin, but the other declined it and departed. He did not find his hounds that night, but the next day learned that they had crossed the river and put up at a farmhouse for the night, whence... Having been well fed, they took their departure early in the morning. Okay, another great visit to Walden, and I'm glad you were here for the experience. So here's our quote for the day, and it's by Michael Bernard Beckwith. We are vibrational beings. When we lift our vibration to what we want to experience, it happens first on a vibratory level, and then it shows up and manifests in our life. You cannot have what you're not willing to become, vibrationally. That's something really good to remember as you plan your time in connecting with the natural world around you and vibrate with its goodness. So get out and be healthy. Hey, this was a really good time together today. I enjoyed hanging out with you for a little while. If you enjoyed it too, maybe you can share it with someone you know who could use a little vitamin N. Also, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the show in iTunes and to our email list at mountainsanden.com. It'd be really good to know you're there and listening. Thanks. Don't forget, life is a gift. Nature's a gift. And you are a gift back to the world. We'll see you here tomorrow. <laughs>